Amen. Take your Bibles tonight and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 20. 1 Samuel chapter 20. As we uh, are coming to the Lord's table here tonight, I asked the Lord if he wanted me to uh, share anything regarding his blood, maybe from a different passage or whatnot. And uh, he did not direct me that way. So we're going to continue right here with where the Lord has us as we walk through the uh, first book of Samuel together. As we dive further into the life of David, we continue to see the utter decay of Saul's life, as we'll see again here tonight. It started with envy and jealousy, which we saw spring up into just all-out bitterness against David. And when this is allowed to go on in a person's life and heart, they begin to fight the will of God completely, as we'll see Saul do in this chapter here. So you found your place there in 1 Samuel 20. Let's look at verse 1 together. And David fled from Naoth in Ramah and came and said before Jonathan, What have I done? What is my iniquity? And what is my sin before thy father that he seeketh my life? And he said unto him, God forbid, thou shalt not die. Behold, <clears throat> my father will do nothing, either great or small, but that he will shew at me. And why should my father hide this thing from me? It is not so. And David swore moreover, and said, Thy father certainly knoweth that I have found grace in thine eyes. And he saith, Let not Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord liveth, and as the, thy soul liveth, there is but a step between me and death. Now Jonathan, is, he says, my, my dad's not going to kill you. If he's going to do anything like that, he, he would have told me, and he would have told me the reason. But we can see here it's still hard for Jonathan to grasp the, the, the immense bitterness that has been building up over time against David and now is coming out in... in in rage, trying to kill David. Even though he swore to his son Jonathan that he wasn't going to kill him in the previous chapter, that, that, that it looked to Jonathan like he had turned over a new leaf, he did not change. The bitterness was still there. And because he had not uh, accepted God's will for his life, that he was not, his line was not going to continue in the kingly line of Israel, he started to fight the will of God completely. David, on the other hand here, is already exhausted at the attempts on his life. And they're discouraging him. As noted at the end of verse 3, there is but a step between me and death. So David and Jonathan work together here now. And we'll see throughout this chapter, they come up with a plan to test Saul's intentions about David. This, this chapter is about 40, uh, 42 uh, verses long, and we're going to read most of it here tonight. Uh, so it'll be a lot of reading and less of me talking, which is a good thing because we're going to get God's words and, and not mine. But before we do that, let's pray, and then we'll dive in. Father, I pray tonight, Lord, that you would show us through the simple uh, story of David and Jonathan and even Saul here, Lord, that uh, fighting your will is never the right thing to do. And Lord, our job is 
is to be loyal to our Savior Jesus Christ. Even as we look forward to, to remembering your blood and body here tonight, Lord, would you show us areas where we're not loyal to you and help us, Lord, as, as you expose those in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's look at verse 4 here. Then said Jonathan unto David, Whatsoever thy soul desireth, I will even do it for thee. And David said unto Jonathan, Behold, tomorrow is the new moon, and I should not fail to sit with the king at meat. But let me go, that I may hide myself in the field unto the third day at even. If thy father at all miss me, then say, David earnestly asked leave of me, that he might run to Bethlehem his city. For there is a yearly sacrifice there for all the family. If he, thus, if he say thus, it is well, thy servant shall have peace. But if he be very wroth, then be sure that evil is determined by him. Therefore thou shalt deal kindly with thy servant, for thou hast brought thy servant into a covenant of the Lord with thee. Notwithstanding, if there be in me iniquity, slay me thyself, for why shouldest thou bring me to thy father? And Jonathan said, Far be it from thee, for if I knew certainly that evil were determined by my father to come upon thee, then I, would not I tell it thee? Then said David to Jonathan, Who shall tell me? Or what if thy father answer thee roughly? And Jonathan said unto David, Come, and let us go out into the field. And they went out both of them into the field. And as they're going out into the field here, Jonathan promises David that if he hears good things on the first day or the second day, he'll call him back in uh, for the remainder of the feast and tell him that all is well. But if he hears evil things, he will send David away. And then Jonathan makes David promise and covenant with him again that David's kindness should not be cut off from him or his house. And that was a huge thing to Jonathan. And now they start to devise a plan to see Saul's true intentions. Look at verse 18. <clears throat> then Jonathan said to David, Tomorrow is the new moon, and thou shalt be missed because thy seat will be empty. And when thou hast stayed three days, then thou shalt go down quickly and come to the place where thou didst hide thyself when the business was in hand and shalt remain by the stone easel. And I will shoot three arrows on the side thereof as though I shot at a mark. And behold, I will send a lad saying, Go find out the arrows. If I expressly say unto the lad, Behold, the arrows are on this side of thee, take them, then come thou, for there is peace to thee, and no hurt as the Lord liveth. But if I say thus to the young man, Behold, the arrows are beyond thee, go thy way, for the Lord hath sent thee away. And as touching the matter which thou and I have spoken of, behold, the Lord be between thee and me forever. And so David now hides himself in the field, and the waiting begins. Now, he possibly could have gone to Bethlehem for this feast that was happening. If that, uh, We don't know for sure if that was uh, just a, a planned lie to see uh, 
Saul's intentions or if he actually did. Because Bethlehem was less than half day's journey away. He could have easily went to Bethlehem for a day and came back by the end of the third day. It wouldn't have been hard for him to do that. But when Saul, King Saul comes into the feast that first day and he sits down and he doesn't see David in his seat, it's a big deal to him. Uh, he thinks, well, maybe it's a ceremonial problem. Maybe, maybe he's still purifying himself and he, he's not here because of that. And so Saul says nothing about it. But when he does not see David the second day, look at verse 27. And it came to pass on the morrow, which was the second day of the month, that David's place was empty. And Saul said unto Jonathan his son, Wherefore cometh not the son of Jesse to meet? Notice he says the son of Jesse. He doesn't say David. We'll, we'll get back to that in a second. Neither yesterday nor today. And Jonathan answered Saul, David earnestly asked leave of me to go to Bethlehem. And he said, Let me go, I pray thee, for our family hath a sacrifice in the city. And my brother, he hath commanded me to be there. And now if I have found favor in thine eyes, let me get away, I pray thee, to see my brethren. Therefore he cometh not unto the king's table. Then Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan. And he said unto him, Thou son of a perverse and rebellious woman, do not I know that thou hast chosen the son of Jesse to thine own confusion and to the confusion of thy mother's nakedness? And Saul starts calling Jonathan's mother names and, and starts getting rough with Jonathan because Jonathan is friends with David, because Jonathan has befriended David. And Saul's anger is kindled against him. Verse 31, for as long as the son of Jesse, this is the third time he's used that, liveth upon the ground, thou shalt not be established, nor thy kingdom. Wherefore, now send and fetch him unto me, for he shall surely die. If Jonathan didn't know yet what Saul's intention was, it was just revealed to him that Saul was going to make sure that the blood of David was spilt. And Jonathan answered, verse 32, Saul his father, and said unto him, Wherefore shall he be slain? What hath he done? And Saul cast a javelin at him to smite him, whereby Jonathan knew that it was determined of his father to slay David. I want us to look at three signs here to, 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 to Jonathan that his dad was fighting the will of God now. It was completely en enwrapped by jealousy and bitterness. Well, number one, Saul couldn't even say uh, David's name anymore. He uses the, Saul, uh, the son of Jesse. And rather than wanting to point out David and his stature and his wisdom and the victories that he had won for the children of Israel, he uses a demeaning, just the, the lowest of the low, pointing out that he was from the lowest of the tribes, Bethlehem, and from the lowest of the families, the, 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 the son of Jesse. He's the son of Jesse, Jonathan. Why did you befriend him? Your kingdom's not going to be established. And that brings us to the second sign. Saul tries to share the poison of jealousy. Saul tries to, to, to poison his son Jonathan with jealousy by stating that Jonathan's kingdom 
the crown cannot be passed to him, and his kingdom could not be established if David was still alive. Verse 31, For as long as the son of Jesse liveth upon the ground, thou shalt not be established, nor thy kingdom. And Jonathan wants nothing of that. Jonathan says, no, that's not God's will. That's not what Samuel has said will happen. Because of my dad's disobedience, the kingdom is going to be taken from him. And Saul is in all-out rebellion to what God has stated. The third thing here, <clears throat> the fact that David has done nothing to make Saul upset to the point he tried to kill Jonathan. And this, was the, this is really all the proof that Jonathan needed. He knew that Saul was, was trying to fight God's will to the point where he was trying to prevent what God said would happen to happen. Kill the man that God has already anointed to be king. And Jonathan now knew that his father was fighting God. And let me tell you something. When you fight God, when you try to fight his will or prevent his will from happening... It does not go well for you. It does not go well for you. As soon as the morning came, Jonathan took three arrows and, and launched them out as if he was trying to hit a mark then. And he told the young lad that, that was fetching them, there, there they are, beyond you, beyond you. And the lad didn't know anything, but sadly, David and Jonathan both knew what he meant. It's not safe for you to come back here. When the lad had brought those arrows back, he, he was instructed by Jonathan to take the weapons back into the city. Verse 41, And as soon as the lad was gone, David arose out of a place toward the south and fell on his face to the ground and bowed himself three times. And they kissed one another and wept one with another until David exceeded. David exceeded. He he totally lost it. He now knew, his friend now knew what he knew, that the, his father, King Saul, was bent on killing him. Verse 42, And Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for as much as we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord be between me and thee, and between my seed and thy seed forever. And he arose and departed, and Jonathan went into the city. As we end the chapter here, I want us to see two things. I want us to see Jonathan's loyalty to David and his determination to do right. He was, he was wholeheartedly following what God had said. And he knew that his dad was, was fighting God even to the point where his father tries to share the jealousy with him, he says, no, I don't want any of that. And we need to be Christians like that. When someone tries to share jealousy or gossip or anything, tries to poison our life with that, we have to say, no, I'm not going to be that, that type of uh, hypocrite and, and come in with your jealousy. I'm not going to be poisoned by that. I'm going to allow the Lord to work his will in my life work his will in that person's life, even if I don't see it the same way. We have to allow God, and that was Jonathan's loyalty to God. If Jonathan was that loyal to, to David and the Lord, how much more on this side of the cross, really, as we're going to look at tonight, 
in remembering the Lord's table, how much more is our loyalty subject to Christ? How much more is it our reasonable service to be loyal to the Savior who died and shed his blood for us? Secondly, Saul's sin of fighting God's will is now costing him more than he ever thought it would. It's costing him all of those around him. It cost him one of his best soldiers in David who, who led out and brought back in several uh, uh, fighting battalions who, who beat up and, and, and killed Philistines and he came back into the city alive. And, and here he's losing him because of his sin. And then now his son, the loyalty of his son, because it could have ended different for Saul. Saul could have accepted God's will and, 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 and really uh, accept, not, not just accepted God's will, but followed after it with all of his heart and ended well. I'm sure it was a hard thing to submit to God's will when Samuel told Saul that the kingdom was no longer his, but he could have ended. He could have ended with, with him, him following and ending strong. May we learn tonight here as we look at this to stay close to God's will for us for the rest of our life. And if we've strayed to get right back on track, don't look back at past failures, look forward to what God has for you. And be loyal, loyal to his cause, loyal to his name, loyal to the blood that we're going to look at here tonight.